thank you, Times Square Church, for what you did for our Christmas Eve services. What an amazing moment as we watched um, immigrant families and toys for children. It was an incredible day as we saw so many people that were ministered to. The stories and the journeys that I heard from people that have come to this country and just all that took place for them to get here from Venezuela to Honduras. But I have to tell you one of my favorite stories that took place. One of my favorite stories wasn't even from one of the immigrant families. It was, some, it was one of the Times Square Church people that were sitting there. And as I was going down the table and I had an interpreter with me um, just to help me with, with anybody that did not speak English and as we were going down, do you ever notice that when you're talking to someone from, that you don't know the language, you yell and you say it slower. So I was, I was going like, where are you from? And it was fantastic. And the person in that distinct accent goes, Brooklyn. <laughs> and what I heard next was one of the greatest stories, I probably in almost 40 plus years of ministry, it was one of the greatest stories of how someone got to church. As I was asking people how they got to the country, I asked this precious sister, who I'm gonna, not gonna mention her name, because I don't want to embarrass her, but her name is amazing. Um, and she told me this story, and she said, I hit a tough time in my life. I was at rock bottom and needed urgent help, and she said, so what I did was, with everything all out, I mean, just out of options, I went to a psychic in Brooklyn, and I just said, I don't know what to do with my future. I need help, and I, I couldn't remember if they read her palm or did tarot cards. I couldn't remember what they did, but somehow... They went through and told her her future, and she, and she told the psychic, she says, that's not enough. I need help. And the psychic looked at her and says, then you need to go to Times Square Church. Okay, I'm just telling you what. I asked her three times. I said, what? I said, she goes, a psychic told me I need to go to Times Square Church is what I needed to do. Folks, it was the greatest story that I heard. And listen, I don't even know who that psychic is, but we're praying you come to Times Square Church and God does something in your heart. She said, I came in August, got saved, water baptized, joined a connect group, and have been here at the church since August. And all I'm believing is God saved that psychic and what you did for that little that girl that I talked with and saw the joy of Jesus upon her face. That young lady came in August and went all in. Salvation, water baptism, fellowship, connect groups, attendance. And it was just an amazing day, not only to hear those stories, but to watch what God did in three services, just from the 10 to the 1 to the 6 to the, the dinner, the toy giveaway, everything that happened on that Sunday was such a special day. And after an amazing day here at Christmas Eve, I went home that night, was exhausted, and woke up. Christmas Day, ready to cook, and felt a little achy and congested, but because my 80-year-old in-laws were coming, Cindy wanted me to take a COVID test. And on Christmas Day, I was COVID positive on Christmas Day and spent all, and spent all these days in isolation. And I tested positive, and that was the second time, being at Times Square Church, the second time in four Christmases so that I've tested positive. So I'd said next year we're doing prayer and fasting for Christmas season is what we're gonna do because I'm not getting COVID again on Christmas, I'm just telling you. 
or all of you are filled with so much disease and everything else. I'm going, something is happening. And I couldn't believe it. I just go again. So I was quarantined. And for those that know that my, my mom on the Saturday before Christmas was passed away. And so I was saddened but not crushed. We expected it as 101 years old. And so she's in heaven. She's with Jesus. But something did happen. My thoughts... As I was in quarantine, my thoughts brought me back, not only beyond my mom's passing, it brought me back to my dad's passing, my father's passing. It was, a, it, was, it was the one time in my life that I had a controversy with God. It was the one time that I had to fight through something with the Lord. I've had arguments before with the Lord, and God always wins, but this time it was just, this, was, this one lasted a little bit longer. Not weeks, not even really days, but it just, it, maybe days it did, but, but I but I worked through it. I asked God to keep my father alive when he was diagnosed with colon cancer in 2000. And I said, God, would you just keep him alive until at that time Cindy was pregnant with Christian and about five months pregnant. My dad, my dad I didn't get married till I was 33. My dad get, was starting to give up hope that I'd ever get married and, and then let alone have children. And then when we finally, Cindy was pregnant, and we were having our firstborn Christian. Um, my, I said, God, I know he's, the doctor doesn't give him long, but I said, would you keep him alive so he can see my son? And my father died in August of 2000, and Christian Paul, who was named after my dad, was born in December of 2000. He was born four months after my father passed away. And I was plagued with the question. I said, why did God allow my father to die without seeing my son? And while I was in quarantine, I was plagued with those thoughts. I was fighting through those thoughts. Why God? Why God? Why God? Now, it was serious to me, folks. This was a serious battle that took place almost 25 years ago because I know it could set the course of something. I knew that Satan wanted a part of my heart that he wanted me to be angry with God and disappointed with God. And I knew it would affect me, my ministry, my preaching, even theology and doctrine. And 2000 was a crossroads for me. It was a battle and a fight that I was going through because I knew it was between me trusting in the sovereignty of God. We sang that song, You Are Sovereign um, and You Reign. And, and, and it's easier to sing than it is to declare when something goes wrong that you prayed about and it doesn't happen. And at that moment, I needed to surrender all to Jesus because of the next season of our ministry. I knew that would leave my heart and soul vulnerable to the enemy's attacks if I went in with an unsurrendered part of my heart. If I went in with something not surrendered to God, I knew that that area would be vulnerable to the enemy's attacks. Now, let me just pause for a moment because I want you to hear this. I want even leaders and preachers to hear this. I've learned through my 40 plus years of ministry that most bad theology doesn't come from intellect, it comes from emotion. Let me say that again. Most bad and false theology doesn't come because you have all of a sudden found a truth that no one has ever seen before. It's because you may have gone through a crisis and, and a difficult moment in your life and maybe haven't wrestled with God through that moment. And what you've done is you've ended up with a belief system that is not just harmful, but it's faulty. 
Let me, let, and I knew that, that I was even at that crossroads. Listen to what the Apostle Paul says as he's speaking to a young pastor. He says, watch your life and doctrine closely. Persevere in them. Because if you do, you will save both yourself and the people that you preach to, your hearers. What Paul was saying, I think, in that verse was two things. He's saying, one, you better live what you believe. But number two, don't let life determine what you believe. That comes from the word of God. Let me say that again, because some of you missed a moment. I know it's New Year's Eve, but you got to get this. What he was saying was two things. One, you have to live what you believe. And number two, you can't let life determine what you believe. You get that from the word of God. See, and what he was saying was, if you don't live what you believe, then the first one gives us hypocrites. And if you let life determine what you believe, then you get cults and false theologies is what you do. But the ones that find stability, find it in the word of God where everything else passes away, but this word never passes away. And that's what he was saying to us. See, Paul was saying it's so easy to try to have your difficult moments determine what is already sound doctrine in the Bible. That bad theology will come from emotional roots before it even becomes from intellectual search. So get this down. Becoming a Christian is easy, but growing as a Christian is demanding, and it's difficult. Listen, in a moment you can become a Christian, but to grow, You've got to fight. It's work. It's a fight, but it's worth it. And it will take everything you got to grow. And I know it's going to call for everything inside of you. There's a great verse. It is Eugene Peterson in the message that, that paraphrases it like this. Listen to 1 Corinthians chapter 9. He says, I don't know about you, but I'm running hard for the finish line. I'm giving it everything I've got. No sloppy living for me. I'm staying alert. I'm going to be in top condition. I'm not going to get caught napping, telling everyone else all about it, and then missing out myself. I'm telling you folks, I am in this thing no sloppy living, staying in top condition. And I don't know about you, but in this thing called Christianity, I'm giving it everything I've got going into this brand new year. And that's what I want to challenge you with just for the next few moments. I want to teach you something that God has been speaking to me coming out of this brand this, this year. Because I want, to, I want to go out of 2023 sold out for all that God wants to do in 2024. But I've learned something in these last four decades, and I've learned this. I've learned for four decades how to fight through battles, but God is teaching me something new. And let me tell you what God is teaching. is not just how to fight through battles, but he's teaching me something, and this is the part I wanna just give to you in the next few moments. I want you not only to, I know most of you know how to fight through battles. You've fought through so many different things, But I'm learning now to fight even after victories. It's not just fighting through battles, but it's fighting after victories. Leaving this year, God gave me, my family, our TSC family, some amazing victories. But I felt like God just said, don't forget the fight that comes after victories. That there is a fight that takes place. 
And I want to explain this to you because a king just this last week named Amaziah taught me this in the scriptures. Amaziah knew how to fight through battles, but not fight after victories. His success story, and there's one story that I want to read to you, has helped me even making some decisions and taking some stance that I knew, just like Amaziah, people would get angry, but I was willing to do it regardless of even the financial cost. If we lose money, but had to obey what God says, then so be it. I would rather have the approval of God than the approval of man. And so I would know, I just said, God, and I learned something from here. Let me tell you how this battle went and how this man fought through it. It's an amazing story that some of you may even need to hear today. Maybe leaders that are watching, listen to these words in 2 Chronicles 25. Moreover, Amaziah assembled Judah, appointed them according to their father's households under the commands of thousands, commanders of hundreds. He's a brand new king throughout Judah and Benjamin. He took a census of those from 20 years old and up, found them to be 300,000 choice men able to go to war and handle spear and shield. He hired also 100,000 valiant warriors out of Israel. So he's, now he has 400,000 soldiers. For 100 talents of silver, those were the ones that he subcontracted to be in the army from Israel. But a man of God came to him and said, O king, do not let that army of Israel, the people you just hired for a hundred talents of silver, don't let them go with you. For the Lord is not with Israel, nor with any of the sons of Ephraim. Israel was in a backslidden stage. And he says, don't get hooked up with these people that are not walking with God right now. They're under judgment, and stay away from that. Now watch this. But if you do go, do it, do, uh, do it. Be strong for the battle, yet God will bring you down before the enemy, for God has power to help and to bring down. And then Amaziah said to the man of God, but what shall we do for the hundred talents which I have given to the troops of Israel? Now just a side note, this is what God said. The prophet says, you hired the wrong people and you need to dismiss them. And Amaziah basically says, do you know how much money I just spent to hire these people? He says, a hundred talents of silver. Stop for a moment and let me just give you the math on that for just a moment. Because talent is the largest weight in, 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 in unit of weight in the Old Testament. A hundred talents of silver equals three and a half tons is what it equals. So if you would do even update the math and even what silver goes for, it could be ranging close to $2 million that you just spent subcontracting 100,000 soldiers and some guy shows up and says, get rid of them even though you spent the money, signed the contract, get rid of them. Why should I get rid of them? The man of God answered, listen to it. The Lord has much more to give you than this. Then Amaziah, I can't believe it, dismissed them. That just seems to come too quick. The Amaziah dismissed them and the troops which came to him from Ephraim to go home. And the anger burned against Judah. And they reached, I don't know why they're angry. They got paid. And so I don't even know why they're all upset. They got their money. But all of a sudden, isn't that incredible? This man is about to bring 400,000 soldiers, 100,000 of them, cost him $2 million, and, and a prophet comes and says, get rid of those, those people that you just connected yourself with 
Because God's going to give you a victory without those people. So not only did he lose money, he got angry employees. And the result of the battle, God did help him without those 100,000 men. Listen to it. Verse 11. Now Amaziah strengthened himself, led the people forth, went to the valley of salt, struck down 10,000 of the sons of Seir. The sons of Judah also captured 10,000 alive, brought them to the top of the cliff, threw them down from the top of the cliff that they were all dashed to pieces. But the troops who Amazon sent back from going with them to battle raided the cities from Samaria, struck down 3,000, plundered spoil. This is amazing to me. 23,000 killed. God said, I have much more to give you, Amaziah, but not you getting connected to something that you're not supposed to be connected to. And then all of a sudden, God did exactly what he said. Get rid of 100,000 of people. Lose the 2 million, because what I'm going to do is going to be amazing. So they win the battle. And here it comes, church. Because we fight through battles, but we fight. Here it comes. After victories. He wins the victory. And then here is what happens. Verse 14. After Amaziah came from slaughtering the Edomites. He brought the gods of the sons of Seir. Set them up as his gods. That, yeah, I'm with that lady. Whatever just said, oh no. I was with. That's exactly how I felt. Bowed down before them. And burned incense to them. Now, if I was writing the Bible, the next verse would say, Seriously? Are you kidding me? Verse 15. Then the anger of the Lord burned against Amaziah, sent him a prophet. We don't know if it's the same guy. And said, Why have you sought the gods of the people who've not even delivered them into your hands? After wiping out the, the enemies of Israel, Amaziah, decided to make their gods his gods. In other words, he chose to serve the gods that were defeated instead of the God of Israel. So I, I'm just, I'm reading this and I'm going, how does Amaziah listen to the prophet in verse 7, cost him 2 million and 100,000 men, but he doesn't listen to this guy? Now here's what happens, verse 16. And as he was talking with him, the prophet, the king said to him, have we appointed you a royal counselor? Stop! Why should you be struck down? The prophet did stop and said, I know that God has planned to destroy you because you have done this and you have not listened to my counsel. Stopped a word that was coming to him. Stopped someone giving him the truth. You, you, God gives you a victory and you come back and you bow before it. You bow before the idols of your enemies. How can this happen? And I think there's an answer. And it comes in the beginning of the description of who Amaziah is. Let me give this to you. And then I want to just give you what God spoke to my own heart. And it starts like this, 2 Chronicles 25.2. This is how it describes him. He, this is Amaziah, did right in the sight of the Lord, yet not with a whole heart. Look at that last phrase. Yet not with a whole heart. There was an unsurrendered part of Amaziah. And it was that part that Amaziah would go after in his own success. That Amaziah's unsurrendered part would be the battleground 
for the enemy to take this incredible moment and victory and turn it sour. And I kept asking this question, what was in Amaziah that he would bring home idols from the very victory that God gave you and then bow down before them? I kept asking that question. It baffled me. I even kept asking God, this went on for days, this whole week, how can you win with God and celebrate with idols? How can you win with a word from God and then celebrate with the idols of where the victory came? What was it in his heart? Before Cindy and I and our family came to New York City, um, Cindy and I went to California to, for three days of marital counseling before we came here. And it wasn't because we had problems, or I should say that I had problems. It was, it was really to make sure that there was no undealt with parts in our heart. We, want, we felt like we had a healthy marriage, but we knew that with what God wanted to do in New York City, he was going to go after any unsurrendered parts inside of us. That if it wasn't right, and I tell you this for those that are even thinking about ministry, let me just tell you something. If your marriage is not right, that enemy will go after that. I'm telling you. And so we said, let's double lock every door and make sure, because we know the enemy would look for anything that was undealt with. It has to be one of the most important verses of the final days of Jesus. And it was in John 14, before he was about to spend a night alone in Gethsemane. And the Bible tells us that he wasn't just tempted in the wilderness before the ministry, before he entered in public ministry, but Jesus, the Bible tells us that he was attacked while he was in Gethsemane. That the, the enemy came after him there and began to speak to him. And this is what's amazing. Jesus, before he went alone into the garden and was tempted in Gethsemane, listen to John 14, 30. This is just incredible. It says, Jesus said, I will not speak much more with you for the ruler of the world, that's Satan, is coming, and here's the part, folks, and has nothing in me, which means it's opposite of Amaziah. There's not one unsurrendered part of Jesus' heart and life. It was all given up to God at that moment. This verse is epic. Amaziah can't say this. Jesus is all in, all surrendered, because he knows that the enemy will go after the unsurrendered part. I have a book in my library from a about a missionary in Africa. It was given to me when I was 16 years old from my youth pastor. And he wrote in this book over 40 years ago a quote from a great evangelist named D.L. Moody. And this is what he wrote. And, and he said these words. The world has yet to see what God can do with one man wholly committed to him. Now, folks, look at that phrase. And then he put at the end of it, and he said, Tim, you could be that man. And I remember receiving that book that I still have. And, folks, in 1980, I wanted to be that man. And, folks, can I tell you, here I am in 2023, and I want to be wholly committed to God. Nothing wavering. I want to be able to say that Satan can't find anything inside of me. I want to be able to go after every victory. God gets all the glory. God receives all the honor. So this is what I wrestled with 
And believe it or not, I don't, I don't think it's gonna take long, but I've, I've lied many times about length of times, not about scriptures, but about length of times. But let me just tell you what I've wrestled with. I know how to fight through sickness. I did it this year, not just this last week. We know how to fight through, over the years, lack of resources, you along with me. We know how to fight through personal attacks. But what God started to prepare me for is how to fight after victories. That we don't, listen to me, because Amaziah won the battle, but all of a sudden turned the victory into idolatry. Let me say that again. It, it's, it, it was the question I kept asking. What turned this victory into idolatry? When I look at what God has done this last year at TSC, and I'm going, God, this is only you. Folks, last Sunday, you just, I, I, was, I was talking to someone uh, uh, recently, just massive numbers came in for Christmas. And, and when he told me how many people got saved, I rejoiced with him. But then to see what God did for us, just in the building, just here, not even online or annex, we got the numbers yet. We saw over 250 hands go up to be born again last Sunday. 200. And, and then right before that, a water baptism of 197 people. And soon as I began to see almost 200 that were, that were water baptized, two, over 250 that were born again, God goes, you better be careful now. You better be careful and not turn my victor victories that I've given to you and let them become idolatry. Folks, listen to me. Amaziah won a battle, but the battle was even something like Gideon. God removed 100,000 soldiers and gives them a decisive win. But what turned the victory to idolatry? That's what I wrestled with. I, I could see him becoming an idolater if he loses the battle, but not if he wins the battle. You won the battle. If you lose the battle, then you go, okay, get the idols and worship it. But you won the battle. God gave you the victory. So let me update it for a moment. God gets you through college. You get through your master's, your PhD. You get your degree. And, 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 and you're maybe even one of the first in your family to get it. It's an amazing accomplishment. You have a huge year and bonus at your financial firm, when everybody else was saying recession, God gave you wisdom on what to do. Finally, marriage has taken place, or pregnancy after waiting for years, or you landed the huge position or contract in sports or on Broadway that will change your life, or you finally saved up and purchased your new home. Then how can you take a contract, a position, a spouse, a home, a newborn, a job, how can that become an idol? How can that victory all of a sudden turn like Amaziah? We always say here, constant battles promise victories. But we also have to protect the victories that God has promised for us. And here's what I've learned, folks. This is all God spoke to me. He says, when you go into this next year, he says, this is what I'm asking you to do. These three things, I want you to write these down. He says, because what I'm about to do in 2024, you better live by this. Number one, you give glory to God as soon as the battle is done. You just say, folks, let me just tell you something. You graduate, you graduate college 
or all of a sudden you do something amazing in a sports field, if you're a pro athlete or a college athlete here, maybe you got your D1 scholarship and all of a sudden a spot on the football team, whatever that may be, or you got a role finally on Broadway, or you're finally be, been, been promoted at this job, let me tell you something. I used to just go, oh, it's inconsequential. It doesn't mean much. I'm starting to see that it may be a little bit of protection when all of a sudden some news person puts a microphone in front of somebody and says, tell us about this game. And they go, oh, first I want to give all glory to Jesus Christ. I have this thought that there is some protection in that to say, let me start with you understanding and me understanding that I wouldn't be here today. Let me help you graduate. Let me help you PhD. Let me help you Broadway actor. Let me help you UN worker. Let me help you financier. You have no shot unless it's become from God himself. Give all glory to God today. You didn't get that victory. God gave it to you. I know you're going to get angry, but it's, I don't care. I really don't. Here, here's what happened. I think, I think even tithing is protection. That when God gives you something and you're going, ah, look what I did. I'm going, oh, no, 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 no. You better give to God what he blessed you with. Because the Bible says when you don't, he'll put holes in your pockets. So for some of you, I'm, some of you are going, I knew they'd ask for money. Mm -mm, I'm trying to protect you. God, give God glory as soon as the battle's over. Number two, pray this prayer every day. It's a prayer that I said, God, every day in 2024 that I will pray to protect ever victory turning into idolatry. And here it is. Search me, O oh God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxious thoughts. And here it comes. And see if there be any hurtful way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Okay, I, I want to read it to you out of the paraphrase, that last verse. Look what he says. See if there's any path of pain I'm walking on and lead me back to your glorious everlasting ways, the path that brings me, hallelujah, back to you. I, I, I'm telling you, God will point out if there is a path that you're not supposed to be, he'll point it out. And all of a sudden, I, I have to, and, and we'll show it to you in a second, as he's bringing those idols back as a spoil, and all of a sudden setting them up, Amaziah had a path of pain he was walking in, that the victory would be a demise, that even after that his life would crash and burn and he'd be killed by assassins while he was, while he was on the run. You know, I've seen so many times in my life where God has given us a victory and God pointed out something and says, that's a path of pain, don't do that with that victory. I have to tell you something. This is, forgive me, I'm gonna give you two story, just a story about money. And, you, and I, I know you're already going. That's two things about money. Just bear with me. Some years ago, I mean, I mean, God has been so faithful to us. He has provided and provided and provided 
and provided for Cindy and I and those four kids. It's been an absolute miracle. We have no complaints. The, the Bible even warns us, it says, don't desire to be rich, that you'll forget God, and don't be poor, that you would curse God. And God has always provided, anybody with me to say, God has provided everything, that's what we've been. Cindy remembers this story. Some years ago, we, we, we were ending the year, and there was a victory. We, we, we had our Amaziah victory, and we've never had this before in our home. We looked at our finances, and folks, I'm telling you, because we, we, we're, we're going, oh, you have to pay taxes, you have to pay this, you have to do this, and we got those four kids, they have to eat. And so you have to go, you have to get a Costco membership, you gotta do all this stuff. We looked at our finances, and folks, we couldn't believe it. We looked at our account, and we had, I'll tell you the number, we had $1,000 left over after everything. We go, Jehovah, Jireh, this is, so here's what happened. We had this, Cindy's already shaking her head because she knows. So I told Cindy, I said, Cindy, I have an idea. I said, we're going to, and this is, here's Amaziah, so Amaziah speaking right now, okay? This is me, nobody, this is what God this is, this is my conviction. So before you start writing letters, let me tell you what happened. Here it is. And so I told Cindy, I said, listen, we both have our degrees in corporate finance. We're going to take that money and I'm going to get stock. I'm going to be a stock broker. I'm going to take money and I'm investing it. And the money that God has blessed us with, it is going to be amazing Easy street from here on out. The church doesn't even have to pay us. That's what you say when you want to do what you want to do. And I remember looking at some stocks, two stocks, and I said, that's it, 1,000. And as soon as I put that in every day, I would look and go, okay, are we up? Are we down? And folks, it's $1,000. I think it was going up like $3, down $2, up $4. At the very end, I already lost $10. So at the end... And the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, I didn't ask you to be an investor. I told you to be a giver. And, he, and the Holy Spirit said, you take that money out and you're going to give it to that church that is in need of it. So I pulled it out and with, the, <laughs> with even the, the, the fees that it cost you to pull it out, it was like $9.25. And God goes, and add the $75 that you lost and give them the full amount of what you... And here's what God said. He said, why would you take a victory and turn it into something that I didn't even ask you to do? That doesn't belong to you. I didn't ask you to do that. I asked you to be in the word. I didn't ask you to be on your phone going, what did my stop? Folks, I'm telling you for me now, for me. And just that little bit that God blessed us with, I, all of a sudden, I took it and I wasn't even using it for God's glory. I, didn't, I thought we managed through this. We got everything right. And God goes, I didn't ask you to do that. That I've started to learn with what God's going to do. The first thing we want to do is say, all glory goes to God. Number two is we say, God, search me. Know my heart. Try my foot. See if there's any path of pain inside of me before I choose this. Exam Folks, that's what we're called to do. Do you understand that the moment you said Jesus is Lord, you've lost the ability to make rogue decisions. Ooh, let me say it on this side, because I already see angry faces. 
The moment you said, Jesus be Lord, that's the C of the ABCs, confess them as Lord. The moment you said, you are Lord of my life, you're saying you're the boss. You have no more. You've lost the ability to make rogue decisions. God is in charge of our lives. We give glory to God. We pray this prayer. And finally, as the musicians come, yes, I said it, the musicians come, we're going to yield. Thirdly, we yield to godly voices. God gave that king a chance to get it right. If only Amaziah would have responded when the prophet goes, why do you consult with the people's gods and not with your own God? And if only Amaziah would have said, you're right, you're right, what am I supposed to do? The story would have been different. And the story wasn't different. Dies a tragedy. God blessed us. Listen, let me just speak to leaders for a second. You may be watching. You may be on staff at a church. I've watched this take place. I can only speak for our country right here to all those that are watching from different countries. I've watched God bless churches with resources. And then all of a sudden, as resources and the blessing starts to come in, what all of a sudden they do, forget what got them there and step back and refuse to address things biblically because they don't wanna lose the people and the resources. Let me say that again, because nobody else is saying it. I've watched leaders where God has blessed you, added people and resources, and then when that happens, you step away from this truth because all of a sudden, we start to make an idol of the resources and the numbers, and instead of going back to the scriptures and saying, let me trust the God who got us here in the first place. That's what it is. We give glory. We give God all the glory. We pray Psalm 139 every single day. This is what protects us. And we yield to godly voices. Amaziah wouldn't do that. The prophet, he sends a prophet before he was about to exit off into literally obliteration. He says, don't do that. And, just, and this is what he says to the godly voice. Stop! Who made you my counselor? Who do you think you are? You're not in charge of me. That's what he did. That there was a godly voice before he was going to take an exit into literally, into that path of pain. The prophet comes and says, what are you doing? What are you doing? And do you, do you see the response? And folks, if you watch that come up inside of you, it may be an Amaziah heart that's just going, it's not committed to him. That God is speaking to us. I was reading this story from some centuries ago of Thomas Aquinas. He said he was Thomas Aquinas, one of the great fathers, early church, was having a discussion with Pope Innocent II. And they said that while Pope Innocent II was counting a large sum of money, the Pope looked at Thomas Aquinas and said, look at this, Thomas. The church no longer has to say, from Acts chapter 3, silver and gold, have I none. And Thomas looked at him and says, that's true, Holy Father. But neither can the church say, arise, take your mat, and walk. What you did was, you got the resources but you didn't get the miracles anymore. And this is what I told God. I said, God, I don't want resources without miracles. 
Because if you're going to put me in a spot that just says I've got to rely upon you every day, then do that, Lord Jesus. But don't let me idolize resources and don't let me idolize stories and numbers. Let me be in a place that goes, God, you get all the glory. God, search my heart and see if there's any path of pain inside of me. And God, keep godly voices around me. I don't trust me. I trust God, you and the people that you've put around me. Folks, I'm telling you, with what's ahead, with what God wants to do in your life, and in this church's life, going into this next year, the only way we're gonna make it is with a whole heart committed to Jesus. It's the only way you can do it. Any part that's not surrendered, any part that's not given to him, becomes, becomes literally a battleground for the enemy. What's a whole heart? It's a heart that is surrendered. God has all of me. It's like the old hymn that says, I surrender what? All, all, all to Jesus. I surrender. All to thee I freely give. And I kept always asking, God, what prohibits the all of this hymn for me? May it always be said, holy committed, holy committed, holy committed. Church, we have taught you how to fight through but now we need to teach you how to fight after. Fight through the battles. But let me just tell you something. When I look at some of you that are on this stage and some of you in this choir, when I look at some of the people that I know here, can I tell you, uh, there's been battles in 2023. Sure there has. But folks, there's been some amazing victories. Now look at me. Look at me. Let me just tell you this. And in those victories, you better give God all the glory. You give him all the glory. And you say, oh God, and in that victory, make sure there's no path of pain, that I'm not holding on to something. That my degree, that's my kid. It's amazing that all of a sudden we have children and all of a sudden no one comes to church anymore. And we wonder why prodigals and kids are walking away from the church. Do you think, do you, do you, do you understand? Don't turn a child, don't turn, don't turn things and forget what God has brought, not only brought you through, but how God got you there. And to turn the victory into idolatry. And that's what God started to warn me for this year. He says, Tim, eye has not seen, ear has not heard what I'm about to do in 2024. But the only Christians, the only place, I believe the church has some incredible victories. But it's going to need a whole heart, totally committed. Give glory to God. Pray the prayer that guards my heart and yield to godly voices. That's all I got. Stand to your feet. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want you to look at me for just a moment. Annex, balcony, main floor. Deal Moody's words that were written in my book by my youth pastor went on, those words went on to say, let God have your whole life. He can do more with it than you can. God, take it all. Take everything that I am. Take all of me. I've really wrestled with this going into this new year. I said, God, I know 
what you're doing. I want to give you all the glory. I want you to take everything. I want you to receive it. Receive everything that you've done here. It's all you, God. Get the glory. See if there's any path of pain. Keep godly voices in my life. Don't ever let me reject a godly voice that would speak truth to me. And I felt the Holy Spirit speak to me as we close today, as we send you out and getting ready for this new year. The victories that are ahead are going to be amazing. I believe it with all my heart. What God is about to do is amazing. There's some, can I tell you what happened to me this? When I was in quarantine, I sat there with my prayer journal and I was praying through all these prayers that I've written. I have a prayer journal. I have a section of this prayer journal and it's, I wrote, this is what I write on top. It's called, Just Because You Can. And it's silly prayers that I wrote down over the last few years. I'm going, I'd like you to do this. I'd like you to do this. I'd like, and folks, whether he answers them or not, it doesn't even matter. It's just literally, it's called just because you can. And I wrote them down. You know what I told Cindy? It was, I said, this month, the last two were answered. 14 of them all knocked out. God did them all. God did them all. God did, did, did everything. It was just, and, and God goes, do you understand? I have more for you than even all of this. But you better make sure I get all the glory. You better make sure that you've pray, you're praying every day, search my heart, oh God. Make sure there's no path of pain inside of me. And number three, keep godly voices and keep me submissive to godly people and godly voices. I'm so thankful for the godly voices. I'm so thankful for these elders. I'm so thankful for the pastors. I'm so thankful for our general overseer. I'm so thankful for godly voices. And as I was thinking about that, and just thankful for all that God has done, God goes, there's more that I want to do, but just keep, stay low. Don't let this become anything else, anything else but me getting all the glory. And God promised me that he was going to do something in people's lives today, but they needed surrender. He needed a whole heart. I want you to bow your head for just a moment. I want you to bow your head for just a moment. He is speaking to people right now, and I feel strongly about this. Where victories have become your victories. God has been forgotten. And now today, going into this new year, it's a surrender moment going, God, I give you all the glory. I want to give this to you. I surrender this to you. God, this thing is, I found myself letting this thing control me now. Idolatry is control. I, idolatry is when something now controls you. And now the blessing controls. Now the, the, the answered prayer controls. And God goes, no, 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 back off from that. Give me the glory. Stay away from any path of pain. Listen to godly voices. And you found yourself moving into a direction and you need to stop today. Maybe I'm that godly voice. Maybe I'm that, 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 that voice that Amaziah heard that says, okay, now stop, stop. Give God the glory for that. He has given you victories. Now we give him all the glory. Let me just ask you this today. How many in the annex, online, watching from Kenya and Burundi, speaking to those from the Philippines and China, to South Korea, Puerto Rico and Trinidad, 
I'm speaking to those right now from the Netherlands and Norway, those in Poland and Germany, and those right here on 51st and Broadway, that God is going after something and going, I want whole heart now, whole heart. That we go out of 2023, sold out into 2024. And you're going, God is speaking to my heart. He's going, he's putting his finger on something right now. God has spoken to my heart. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if that's just you right now going, he's speaking to me. He's speaking to me. He's asking for this. Would you just raise your hand saying he's talking to me right now? Hold it up high. Just go, God is talking to me right now. Balcony, main floor, annex. Hold your hands up high. Hold them up high. If that's you, just say he's talking to me right now. He's speaking very Can I just ask you this? If he's talking to you right now, I want you to get out of your seat and walk down here. Quickly, I want to pray for you. I want this to be a moment where God begins to do so. Quickly, balcony. Get, I'm telling you, don't, don't let anything get in the way of what the Lord wants to do. I feel strongly about this, that God's voice is just coming right now. He's speaking to us right now. We're going to leave 2023 sold out. Balcony will wait for you. Online, you just keep your hands up. Annex. You just keep your hands up. We'll, we'll, we'll start to pray with you in a second. Quickly, move in close. We're going to leave this year sold out. We're going to give God all the glory for the victories that he's done. Quickly, you come. You come. We're going to wait for you right now. I know the Holy Spirit speaking. As you're coming back, let's sing this. Let's sing this. I trust in God, my Savior, the one Trust in God. hands to him right now quickly just lift your hands would you just with your mouth just give God all the glory for all that he's done come on give him glory those that are watching right now from Kenya come on South Africa give him glory right now give him glory those that are watching from California to Texas those that are watching right now in Florida give him glory right in your living room right now come on give him glory open up your mouth say God you deserve the glory that anything I have is from you God I say that if I'm healthy it's because of you God, if I've been blessed, it's because of you. And God, on this day, I say, God, receive the glory today. Receive all the glory today. Receive all the glory. And now would you ask God to search me. Say, God, search my heart. See if there's been any path of pain inside of me. God, I pray, call it out. Call it out, Lord God. 
Father, I don't want to find my life going down the wrong spot in the wrong way, oh God. Because, Lord, you've given me so much. You've opened up doors. You've opened up contracts. You've opened up blessing. You've opened up bonuses. You've opened up opportunities. You've opened up, Lord God, provision. And so, God, I declare right now it's you who have done it. And number two, Lord God, you deserve all the glory for it. And so, God, we declare today that, Lord, we want to be on a path that's everlasting. We want to be on God's path. We want the Word of God to guide every decision that we make. So we decide today, Father, we determine today to give you all the glory, all the honor. And so, God, even right now, surround us with godly voices. Come on, ask Him. Say, God, if there's any voice in my life, Lord God, that is not guiding me, that even has the voice, that has the courage, give us courageous voices that would say, stop, stop, no. Give us those voices, oh God. And Lord, give us the wherewithal that when we hear the no, that we would not get upset. We would go, Lord, this is it. This is it. You've given me a godly voice. You've given me a godly voice. So Lord, I'm just asking you to help us right now. Help us right now. All these hands that are up. God, I join with them today. I have this incredible sense that you're going to do some amazing things in lives and in this church as we go into the new year. But oh God, please, please, please get the glory. Get all the glory, Lord God. Get all the glory, Lord God. May not one victory turn into idolatry, but every victory begins to turn back to you in praise and worship. I'm so thankful what you're doing in the choir, so thankful what you're doing up here, thankful what you're doing in everybody's lives up here. But you get the glory, Lord God. You get the glory. What you're doing around the world with all these nations, you receive the glory. Thank you for the resources. Thank you for the people. Thank you for what you're doing. You get the glory, Lord God. Receive all the glory, oh God. For a moment, just put your hands down. Everyone looking at me, every eye open. And let me be very clear. Some of you have found yourself. God has blessed you. And you thought it was your looks. You thought it was your personality. You thought it was your education. You thought it was your resources. And you're finding yourself going further and further away from God. But today is a day. Come back to God. You come back to Him today. You thought it was, this was mine. I did this. But today, I'm telling you, I don't want you to end up like Amaziah. I want you to come to God with the whole heart. I want you to surrender your heart to God today. Don't go any further. Let me be the godly voice that says, stop, don't go any further. Come back to the Lord today. Come back to Jesus today. Let this be that day. Balcony, main floor, annex, and those watching around the country and around the world. If you're here today and say, I have to come back to the Lord today. God is stirring my heart with everybody looking, with every head up. We're all in this together. And you just go, I'm coming back to God today. He is speaking to my heart. If you're going, I need God in my life. I've walked away from him, but today I'm going to walk into 2024 with God in my life. I'm going to do that. If that's you, quickly, before we leave this place today, before we leave this place, if you're going, Pastor Tim, please pray for me. I I need to get back to God today. Hold up your hand as high as you can. Hold it up as high as you can. Keep them up high. I want to make sure I see every hand that's up in this place. Keep them up high. Keep them up high. Keep them up high. Keep them up high. That's me. Hold them up high. Hold them up high. 
Okay, I want to pray for you right now. I want you to pray this with me. Say, Jesus, I'm coming home. I thank you for what you have done in my life. I've walked away from God, but today I'm coming back to God. I acknowledge today that every good thing, every perfect thing comes from God above. It's not from me because everything I have, you gave it to me. So today, I acknowledge God gets the glory. I come home like a prodigal. I surrender my life. I give you every part, and you get the glory. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen, and amen, and amen, and amen, and amen. Thanks so much for listening. We hope you've enjoyed this message. And be sure to subscribe so you can receive new messages each week. Visit tsc.nyc for all the latest info on how you can stay connected. Also, don't forget that you can follow us on social media on all major platforms at Times Square Church. Thanks for tuning in today. Have a great week.